section seventy six of china japan and the islands of the pacific this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org recording by jim locke of floyd virginia the world story volume one china japan and the islands of the pacific edited by eva march tappan section seventy six civil service examinations in china by w a p martin scholarship is a very different thing now from what it was in those ruder ages when books were few and the harp the bow and the saddle divided the student's time with the oral instructions of some famous master each century has added to the weight of his burden and to the heir of all the ages each passing generation has bequeathed a legacy of toil doomed to live among the deposits of a buried world and contending with millions of competitors he can hardly hope for success without devoting himself to a life of unremitting study true he is not called upon to extend his researches beyond the limits of his own national literature but that is all but infinite it costs him at the outset years of labour to get possession of the key that unlocks it for the learned language is totally different from his vernacular dialect and justly regarded as the most difficult of the languages of man then he must commit to memory the whole circle of the recognised classics and make himself familiar with the best writers of every age of a country which is no less prolific in books than in men no doubt his course of study is too purely literary and too exclusively chinese but it is not superficial in a popular student's guide we lately met with a course of reading drawn up for thirty years we proposed putting it into the hands of a young american residing in china who had asked advice as to what he should read send it he replied but don't tell my mother but it is time to take a closer view of these examinations as they are actually conducted the candidates for offices those who are acknowledged as such in consequence of sustaining the initial trial are divided into the three grades of siu tsai chi jin and sin shi budding geniuses promoted scholars and those who are ready for office the trials for the first are held in the chief city of each district or yen a territorial division which corresponds to our county or to an english shire they are conducted by a chancellor whose jurisdiction extends over an entire province containing it may be sixty or seventy such districts each of which he is required to visit once a year and each of which is provided with a resident sub-chancellor whose duty it is to examine the scholars in the interval and to have them in readiness on the chancellor's arrival about two thousand competitors enter the lists ranging in age from the precocious youth just entering his teens up to the venerable grandsire of seventy winters shut up for a night and a day each in his narrow cell they produce each a poem and one or two essays on themes assigned by the chancellor and then return to their homes to await the bulletin announcing their place in the scale of merit the chancellor assisted by his clerks occupies several days in sifting the heap of manuscripts from which he picks out some twenty or more that are distinguished by 
beauty of penmanship and grace of diction the authors of these are honoured with the degree of budding genius and are entitled to wear the decorations of the lowest grade in the corporation of mandarins the successful student wins no purse of gold and obtains no office but he has gained a prize which he deems a sufficient compensation for years of patient toil he is the best of a hundred scholars exempted from liability to corporal punishment and raised above the vulgar herd the social consideration to which he is now entitled makes it a grand day for him and his family once in three years these budding geniuses these picked men of the districts repair to the provincial capital to engage in competition for the second degree that of ge jin or promoted scholar the number of competitors amounts to ten thousand more or less and of these only one in every hundred can be admitted to the coveted degree the trial is conducted by special examiners sent down from peking and this examination takes a wider range than the preceding no fewer than three sessions of nearly three days each are occupied instead of the single day for the first degree compositions in prose and verse are required and themes are assigned with a special view to testing the extent of reading and depth of scholarship of the candidates penmanship is left out of the account each production marked with a cipher being copied by an official scribe that the examiners may have no clue to its author and no temptation to render a biased judgment the victor still receives neither office nor emolument but the honour he achieves is scarcely less than that which is won by the victors in the olympic games again he is one of a hundred each of whom was a picked man and as a result of this second victory he goes forth and acknowledged superior among ten thousand contending scholars he adorns his cap with the gilded button of a higher grade erects a pair of lofty flag staves before the door of his family residence and places a tablet over his door to inform those who pass by that this is the abode of a literary prize-man but our promoted scholar is not yet a mandarin in the proper sense of the term the distinction already attained only stimulates his desire for higher honours honours which bring at last the solid recompense of an income in the spring of the following year he proceeds to peking to seek the next higher degree attainment of which will prove a passport to office the contest is still with his peers that is with other promoted scholars who like himself have come up from all the provinces of the empire but the chances are this time more in his favour as the number of prizes is now tripled and if the gods are propitious his fortune is made though ordinarily not very devout he now shows himself peculiarly solicitous to secure the favour of the divinities he burns incense and gives alms if he sees a fish floundering on the hook he pays its price and restores it to its native element he picks struggling ants out of the rivulet made by a recent shower distributes moral tracts or better still rescues chance bits of printed paper from being trodden in the mire of the streets if his name appears among the favoured few he not only wins himself a place in the front ranks of the lettered but he plants his foot securely on the rounds of the official ladder by which without the prestige of birth or the support of friends it is possible 
to rise to a seat in the grand council of state or a place in the imperial cabinet all this advancement presents itself in the distant prospect while the office upon which he immediately enters is one of respectability and it may be of profit it is generally that of mayor or sub-mayor of a district city or sub-chancellor in the district examinations the vacant post being distributed by lot and therefore impartially among those who have proved themselves to be ready for office before the drawing of lots however for the post of a magistrate among the people our ambitious student has a chance of winning the more distinguished honour of a place in the imperial academy with this view the two or three hundred survivors of so many contests appear in the palace where themes are assigned them by the emperor himself and the highest honour is paid to the pursuit of letters by the exercises being presided over by his majesty in person penmanship reappears as an element in determining the result and a score or more of those whose style is the most finished whose scholarship the ripest and whose handwriting the most elegant are drafted into the college of han lin the forest of pencils a kind of imperial institute the members of which are recognized as standing at the head of the literary profession these are constituted poets and historians to the celestial court or deputed to act as chancellors and examiners in the several provinces but the diminishing series in this ascending scale has not yet reached its final term the long succession of contests culminates in the designation by the emperor of some individual whom he regards as the chuang yuan or model scholar of the empire the bright consummate flower of the season this is not a common annual like the senior wranglership of cambridge not the product of a private garden like the valedictory orator of our american colleges it blooms but once in three years and the whole empire yields but a single blossom a blossom that is called by the hand of majesty and esteemed among the brightest ornaments of his dominion talk of academic honours such as are bestowed by western nations in comparison with those which this oriental empire heaps on her scholar laureate provinces contend for the shining prize and the town that gives this victor birth becomes noted for ever swift heralds bear the tidings of his triumph and the hearts of the people leap at their approach we have seen them enter a humble cottage and amidst the flaunting of banners and the blare of trumpets announce to its startled inmates that one of their relations has been crowned by the emperor as the laureate of the year and so high was the estimation in which the people held the success of their fellow-townsmen that his wife was requested to visit the six gates of the city and to scatter before each a handful of rice that the whole population might share in the good fortune of her household a popular tale la bleue et la blanche translated from the chinese by m julien represents a goddess as descending from heaven that she might give birth to the scholar laureate of the empire all this has we confess an air of oriental display and exaggeration it suggests rather the dust and sweat of the great national games of antiquity than the mental toil and intellectual triumphs of the modern world but it is obvious that a competition which excites so profoundly the interest of a whole nation must be productive of very decided results that it leads to the selection of the best talent for the service of the public 
we have already seen but beyond this its primary object it exercises a profound influence upon the education of the people and the stability of the government it is all in fact that china has to show in the way of an educational system she has few colleges and no universities in our western sense and no national system of common schools yet it may be confidently asserted that china gives to learning a more effective patronage than she could have done if each of her emperors had been an augustus and every premier a mycenas she says to all her sons prosecute your studies by such means as you may be able to command whether in public or in private and when you are prepared present yourselves in the examination hall the government will judge of your proficiency and reward your attainments nothing can exceed the ardour which this standing offer infuses into the minds of all who have the remotest prospect of sharing in the prizes they study not merely while they have teachers to incite them to diligence but continue their studies with unabated zeal long after they have left the schools they study in solitude and poverty they study amidst the cares of a family and the turmoil of business and the shining goal is kept steadily in view until the eye grows dim some of the aspirants impose on themselves the task of writing a fresh essay every day and they do not hesitate to enter the lists as often as the public examinations recur resolved if they fail to continue trying believing that perseverance has power to command success and encouraged by the legend of the man who needing a sewing-needle made one by grinding a crowbar on a piece of granite we have met an old mandarin who related with evident pride how on gaining the second degree he had removed with his whole family to peking from the distant province of yunnan to compete for the third and how at each triennial contest he had failed until after more than twenty years of patient waiting at the seventh trial and at the mature age of threescore he bore off the coveted prize he had worn his honours for seven years and was then mayor of the city of tietzin in a list now on our table of ninety-nine successful competitors for the second degree sixteen are over forty years of age one sixty-two and one eighty-three the average age of the whole number is about thirty and for the third degree the average is of course proportionately higher so powerful are the motives addressed to them that this whole body of scholars who once enter the examination hall are devoted to study as a lifelong occupation we thus have a class of men numbering in the aggregate some millions who keep their faculties bright by constant exercise and whom it would be difficult to parallel in any western country for readiness with the pen and retentiveness of memory if these men are not highly educated it is the fault not of the competitive system which proves its power to stimulate them to such prodigious exertions but of the false standard of intellectual merit established in china End of section seventy six this recording is in the public domain recorded by jem locke